Let's briefly spend some time in the Scriptures. I want to read uh, two short Scriptures. Firstly, Mark's account of our Lord's resurrection, and then just four verses in the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Colossae, Colossians 3. So firstly, Mark's Gospel 16, 1 through 8, and then Colossians 3, 1 through 4. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You were looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone, because they were afraid. And Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. These, my friends, are the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God. As such, they demand something of our time and attention this morning. I'm aiming for 12 noon. Otherwise, I get told off by the, the youth, the young church. Our theme this morning is, quite simply, what a difference Jesus' resurrection makes. What a difference... Jesus' resurrection makes. Only a handful of men have founded great movements. Each of these men, as history helps us to understand, needed time in which to make their influence felt. Gautama, the Buddha, founder of Buddhism, he died in 483 B.C., aged 80 years. Confucius, the great Chinese teacher, he died in 497 B.C., aged 72 years. Muhammad, founder of Islam, he died in A.D. 632, aged 62 years. Karl Marx, the intellect behind communism, of course, 
died in 1993 AD, aged 64 years. Now friends, compare and contrast Jesus Christ. He died in his 30s. He spent only three years in the public eye and for all intensive purposes, in remote places. Yet, the impact of Jesus on history has been significantly greater than any of these four guys I mentioned put together. So, how could this village carpenter-turned-preacher make such a colossal impact given his short life. Well, friends, unlike the others, whilst Jesus died around about 33 AD, unlike the others, He rose again. He rose again. It is because Jesus rose from the grave that he has, my friends, and he continues to make such a remarkable impact in our lives, throughout this nation of ours, throughout our continent, throughout the known and unknown world. Indeed, my friends, I'm certain that if Jesus had not risen from the grave, we would not be here this morning. The likelihoods we may never have even have heard of his name. But Jesus rose from the grave. And because Jesus lives, as the old hymn writer said, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Why? Why, friends? Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ makes a difference. It makes a difference. I hear some say, in what ways? In what ways does the resurrection of Jesus Christ make a difference? Well, very quickly, let's endeavor to discover a Pauline understanding of the difference Jesus' resurrection makes. My first thought is this. For those of us who are in Christ by God's grace through faith, for those of us this morning who are born again wonderfully with the Holy Spirit of God and have been set free from the law of sin and death, for those of us this morning who are new creations, the old has gone, the new has come, the difference is us, says the Apostle Paul. We live at a different altitude. Oh yes. You didn't realize this morning that you were flying on a divine Boeing 747, did you? Not literally, of course. Of course not. Because if you were flying on a Boeing 747, at some point you would have to come down again to land, to fuel. But oh no, my friends, if you're flying this morning in Christ, in the divine 747, you do not need to land. You live, my friends, on a different altitude. How do I know that? God's Word tells me. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 2 verse 6, God, listen, God raised us up with Christ. Really? What does that mean? 
Well, we have the symbolism of that, don't we? And our baptisms, we who profess Christ, we go down into the waters, don't we? Symbolic of dying with Christ. And mercifully, most times at least, certainly if I try my best, we come up out of the waters the other side. And we come up out of the waters and we're raised with Christ. The symbolism is quite precious to the child of God, isn't it? Paul says we are raised with Christ. And then listen, Ephesians 2, 6. We are, and, and he has seated us, there we are. He has seated us with him in heavenly realms. Now that's present continuous. This is indicative sense in the original Greek. He has seated us. This is not just a pie in the sky when we die, friends. This is steak on the plate while we're waiting. He has seated us where? In his divine Boeing 747. It ain't coming down to land. We're seated in the heavenlies. The difference that the resurrection of Jesus Christ has made is that this morning, if we are in Christ, we live at a different altitude. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Now, of course, in the real world, we're living in less than ideal situations here on earth as we anticipate the blessed and glorious hope. We're, we're living in a body that's beginning to fail, beginning to age, beginning to creak somewhat here and there. Mine was creaking this morning. How's yours? Is it creaking? Less than ideal situation, isn't it? But the Apostle Paul says, but don't worry about the creaking body because your inner body is being renewed day by day. Why? Because you live in a different altitude. And the outward body wasteth away, says the Apostle Paul, but fret not. The inward body is being renewed. We live in circumstances that are less than ideal. We're surrounded by, by difficulty. We're surrounded by sorrow. We're surrounded by pain. All manner of circumstances and situations encroach upon our lives. And the enemy does his worst to make us feel as miserable as possible. Particularly on a Monday. Although it's a bank holiday tomorrow, praise God. But if we're in Christ, in spite of all these things, we live on a different altitude. <laughs> because Paul says, we've been raised with him. Hallelujah. Isn't it good that he was raised? Because if he hadn't been raised, we wouldn't be raised. Isn't that amazing? We are raised with him and he seated us in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. There's an old hymn I used to sing from Redemption Hymnal. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land where love and joy and light abound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My friends, if you're languishing in the valleys, this is not God's purpose for you. For Christ rose from the dead. He rose from the grave. And he, we are raised with Him. And we are seated with Him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Now you might say, you skeptics, well, that's the Christian ideal. That's for the super saint. My friend, it is not. It is for the child of God that has the faith this morning to lay hold of the promises of God that are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. If you stay languishing in your valley, if you stay, stay there feeling sorry for yourself, it's not God's fault. Why? Because Jesus rose from the dead. Yes, he did. Historical fact. They couldn't find the bones. 
Because they were covered in flesh. Flesh that was living and breathing flesh. How do I know it was flesh that was living and breathing? Well, he had, he had breakfast with the disciples, didn't he? Now, if, he, if his resurrection was purely spiritual, as, as some skeptics suggest, then he couldn't eat breakfast. Because a spirit cannot eat food. He rose from the dead. And that makes a difference because we this morning live at a different altitude. We live in a Boeing, a divine Boeing 747, and it doesn't have to come down to land. Uh, granted, at times we, go, we, we crash, don't we? We crash and burn. Mm. Any perfect Christians here? I thought not. We're not there yet, are we? We're not there yet. We will be one day. But because we are what we are, we... we we crash and burn at times. But my friends, there is restoration renewal. Why? Because Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Perhaps we need to be restored in our inner selves. Perhaps we need a, a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit to renew our inner bodies. To release us from those, the, 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 the binds, the, the cords of the world that drag us down. Friends, we live at a different Altitude, hallelujah. Secondly, oh, time's going. We see from a different perspective. The amazing thing, I like to climb hills. I do it less these days because I have a dodgy ankle. Some woman hit me off my motorcycle, bless her. I keep praying for her. But I have a dodgy ankle. But I used to do a lot of climbing up mountains. The amazing thing is, when you get to the top of Penavan, anybody been to the top of Penavan on a good day? Oh, some of us. Where have the rest of you been? I'm English, that's my excuse. Where's the rest of you been? When you get to the top of Penavan, the view on a good day is terrific, isn't it? You see a different perspective, don't you? And so it is in Christ. Because we are raised with Christ, living on a different spiritual uh, altitude, a different spiritual plane, we see things differently, don't we? Or we should. Or we should. There's a, there's a sense in which, even though some of us are perhaps born uh, skeptics and, and born with the glass always half empty, there's a sense in which, in Christ, our glass is always at least half full. At least half full. And better than that, pressed down, shaken together, and running over is poured into our laps. If by faith we, we avail ourselves of that privilege. And so there's a sense in which living at this, on this divine Boeing 747, permanently we see things from a different perspective. Don't we? You see, you have a kind of heavenly perspective, a kind of heavenly vantage point. I was I was watching a a program the other day. I don't know why I was watching it. Really, uh, it was about cheetahs, and it said that cheetahs, before they hunted, always found a higher vantage point. And you saw them; they wouldn't just graze anywhere. They would always graze above the normal altitude. And that's as it is with Christians. We don't just graze anywhere, friends. <laughs> we graze at a higher altitude so that we can see from a different perspective. That's why Jesus says, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes, he says. Lift up. Stop looking around you and being depressed with what you see. You're on a higher plane. You have a spiritual vantage point. Lift up your eyes and look on the fields. 
You see them from a different perspective. When you see the fields through the eyes of Jesus. Sometimes we despair, don't we, when we reflect upon the realities of our task. How, how, on, how on earth are we going to reach Tratlin for Jesus Christ? How on earth are we going to see this place full with people seeking the Lord? With people praising the Lord? How on earth? You see, if we're living the Christian life down here, it's tough to see, isn't it? Tough to see the wood for the trees. All we see are the problems. But when, when we live in Christ, resurrected with Him, on a higher spiritual vantage point, we see differently. And we see the fields like Christ sees them. How does He see them? Well, He died for them. <laughs> he knows there's hope for them. We despair. We think there's no hope. But Jesus died for them. He knows there's hope for them. We live from a different perspective. And so, my friends, when we go through life, because we're resurrected with Jesus, we fly permanently on the divine Boeing 747, seated in the heavenly realms with Christ. And therefore, for us, the glass isn't just half full, it's full to overflowing. And we see from a different perspective. We see the things the way God sees them. And you see, there's hope, isn't there? There's still hope in this dispensation of the Holy Spirit. That's what got me out of bed this morning. That's what brings me to church, to preach the Word. I don't preach as one without hope. I preach because this is the gospel message. This is the Word of life. This Word breathes life into dying souls. That's why I preach. This word brings, brings blessedness and peace and joy into the life of the weary Christian. This is why I preach. We see things from a divine perspective. I know, brethren, life is tough. But we're still raised with Christ. Hallelujah. And we're seated in the heavenly realms. We see things from Christ's perspective. No wonder Paul says in Colossians 3 verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Why is it? Why is it that so many Christians content themselves on setting their minds on the earthly things? Is there any wonder we're miserable Christians? No one's more miserable than a miserable Christian, are they? Caught between two worlds. You don't know which world to, you don't know which world to settle in, do you really? I, I want to be a Christian, but I want to be in the world, and I want to be a Christian, and I want to be in the world, and you jump back and forth like this, and you're miserable. But Paul says, no, 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 no. Don't set your mind, don't set your heart on what you see with the naked eye. That will depress you. Oh, it might give you a bit of a, bit of a flirty flight every now and again, a bit of a happy moment. But happiness, happiness is an interesting word in the English. It comes from a Greek word, the preposition hap. Hap means by chance. By chance, from which we derive our word happiness. Happiness is that which is by chance. And usually, if there's nothing happening around us, we're not happy, are we? That's the world. If nothing's happening, we're not happy. And so you get these people in the world who are planning for the next big event, aren't they? Planning for the next holiday. Can't wait for the next holiday. And they go and they come. And then they're planning for the next big event. Because that's their life, you see. They're not happy unless there's something happening. 
And so they keep planning for the next event, for the next event, the next. How tragic is that? Paul says, don't set your mind on, on the earthly things. They do not satisfy. They're not good enough. Set your mind on things above. And we can, of course, because we're seated above, aren't we? In the heavenly realms. Not a difficult thing. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Set your mind on things above and the Lord will shine His light on your heart and you will begin to see things from a different perspective. That's the difference Christ's resurrection makes. One more. I'm going to be late. I've got one minute, 30 seconds. That's fast. Here we go. We look at a different horizon. Hallelujah. We look at a different horizon. Paul says, Colossians 3, 4, when Christ, who is your life, is our life, when he appears, listen, you also will appear with him. Wow. Are you excited about that? Most of us are being good Baptists this morning. I commend your baptism. When Christ, who is our life, Paul says, when he appears, when he, when, not if, not but, no perhaps, no maybe, when he appears, because he will, because he's promised to do so, and he's the ultimate gentleman, he'll always be true to his word. Oh yes. When he appears, guess what's going to happen? You also, you guys, I'm looking at you. I hope you're going to be more excited on the day. You also will appear with him in glory. Woo! Oh, your hard work this morning. I'm sweating. Sweating. You will appear with him in glory. What a difference Christ's resurrection makes. Because we're ascended with him, seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah. We see things, therefore, from a godly perspective. In spite of all that's happening around us, we're elevated. We see how God sees it in many ways. And when God looks down, He looks down in this dispensation of the Holy Spirit with a hope, there's hope in Christ. For God has extended these days, for He doesn't want any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Hallelujah. There is still hope for the lost and the dying. There is still hope for, for, the, the, for the depressed and depressing Christian. There is still hope, Hallelujah. In this dispensation of the Holy Spirit, because God is here by His Spirit. And why is He here? He's here to bless. He's here to bless. And we see things from a different, we have a different horizon, my friends. We don't look forward as those without, without hope. We will be with Him. Hallelujah. I believe in the rapture of the Christian church, don't you? I believe in the rapture of the Christian church. And I'm not sure when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Christ himself doesn't know when it's going to happen, but he did say, when you see these things, he, 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 he sought to describe the signs of the times, didn't he? Read the newspapers recently? What's the news recently? News of an atomic war. Is that, is that, is that the reality? Well, when you've got someone who's... Someone whose finger's on the button who perhaps isn't as compass as we would like choosing my words carefully <clears throat> that would get me locked up wouldn't it I might not cross the border into North Korea had I my friends who read the newspapers Jesus said listen a time is coming and he gave us the signs of the times 
And the last 50 years, if you read the last 50 years, adjacent to your Bibles, the prophecies of Daniel, the prophecies of Amos, of Joel, of Hosea, the prophecies of Revelation, if you've read those scriptures in relation to the newspapers, you'll see that the fulfillment of prophecy has escalated at an extraordinary rate. It's coming soon, but there's still time. Let us be busy about the Master's business. Because His resurrection makes a difference. Oh, it does. My friends, don't allow the enemy to convince you that the people outside these doors don't care. Oh, they care. Oh, they put on a face. They put on a facade. They pretend that they're happy. Oh, but my friends, deep down, the, the Bible tells us that they're not happy. The Bible tells us there's a void. You know what I'm talking about if you're in Christ. There's a void. It's a gaping void. It's a void only Christ can fill. They need Jesus Christ. The difference the resurrection makes, there's hope for those people. There's still hope. And we live with a different horizon, hallelujah, because we're going to be with Christ. Oh, we're going to be, some of us, some of us will walk the valley of the shadow of death. Our dear brother Idwell has. 98, bless him. I thought he was going to outlive me at one point. 98, in the presence of God, walk the valley of the shadow, but away from the body for the child of God is to be at home with the Lord, hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? Some of us will walk the valley of the shadow. Some of us. I think maybe a certain generation will be raptured, if not my generation, you guys. I could be looking at the generation of the rapture. In fact, I think I probably am. Who knows? But God knows. Isn't that something? The generation of the rapture. Isn't it good to have some of that generation with us? Those oldies? Wouldn't it be good to have more of them? Wouldn't it be good for this place to be filled with them? The generation of the rapture? Because we're going to be caught up together. That's the difference his resurrection makes. Now listen, you generation, don't get too cocky about it. Because we'll be with him first. Those who walk the valley of the shadow will will be caught up with him first, it says. Then those of you who are left and who are caught up. So don't get cocky about it. We'll be there first. Hallelujah. But we'll be there together. Raptured church. In the immediate presence of the King of kings and Lord of lords. And that very same raptured church will come back in glory. For the ultimate defeat of the enemies of God at Armageddon. My friends, this is the truth of the gospel. This is the difference the resurrection of Christ makes. Wow. We should be excited, shouldn't we? We should be excited. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is alive. It made getting out of bed this morning worth every single effort. Didn't it? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your precious word. It thrills our souls when the truths of this word register in our hearts. Oh, might they register afresh. Thrill our hearts afresh. Maybe even the first time, Father, if salvation is the need here in this place, will you not open the eyes of the blind? Take scales from our eyes. Will you not save? Save us. Hear our heart cry, Lord. For now is the accepted time. Now the day of salvation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.